Hello and welcome to another episode of Mountainside Thoughts here on Heavenward Thinking. We're excited to be finishing chapter 5 uh, of Matthew. We're going to be reading verses 43 to 48 and then we'll talk on this subject. In verse 43 it says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Mike, as we look at this section, what strikes you first? Uh, So the first thing that I see is, uh, once again, Jesus is taking an old uh, piece of the law that um, had been given to Moses and sort of putting his own... um, sort of spin on it and sort of expanding it. Like he said, um, this has been quite a theme throughout the past few shows that we've done, uh, that he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. He came to um, better fulfill it. So he kind of uh, adds to that, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, which is what makes sense and is pretty easy to do. It's pretty easy to love the people that you get along with and to hate the people that uh, cause you problems. Um, Sort of what Jesus is getting at in this passage is, um, like in the later verses there, like 46, he says, if you love those who love you, what uh, reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? So even people who are considered the worst scum of the day were were doing that. They were loving people who loved them, and um, they didn't like the people who didn't like them, which, I mean, that was a lot of people who didn't like tax collectors back then. But um, basically, if even the lowest of scum in that time could do that, that's not really a challenge for us as Christians uh, who are called to live differently than um the others around us who are not Christians. And so, um, so Jesus wanted to um, help us to realize that loving our enemies is something that makes us different. And it's something that is not the human reaction to um, conflict or to a person that we really don't like, or that just rubs us the way or bothers us. Um, and it's not always easy. Uh, some People just really bother you or they just are really mean to you um, if you're a Christian. Um, And I personally haven't had a lot of direct persecution. I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of people I know who really rub me the wrong way. Um, And I have to be willing to pray for them. Um, Like we mentioned in the last uh, segment, not just that they change their ways so they don't bother you anymore, but so that um, they're actually turned to Christ and God will bless them um, in what they're doing, which isn't always easy to look at it from that angle, but they're just as, they're made in the image of God just like everybody else. Absolutely. And like you said, uh, as you were talking through all of that, it's not easy. And, And Jesus, he's He's flipping this whole perspective that people had. People had this perspective uh, of what was in the Old Testament of love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Uh, And 
what Jesus is coming in is totally changing the game. He's saying you have to love your enemies. You have to pray for those that persecute you. Uh, and here on Heavenward Thinking, we've done a couple of shows before where we spent the whole time just talking through uh, persecution. And we spent an entire 40-minute uh, segment one time just walking through a personal experience of persecution for being a Christian and, and what that does and how hard it is uh, to get through life with that and how hard it is to love people like that. But as Christians, like you said, it's not supposed to be easy. We're not supposed to do like what the tax collectors were doing, where they were just loving those who love them. We're called to do something way harder. We're called to love those who, who hate us, who, who, those who we find it hard to love. We're, we're called to love them. We might not have to agree with what they're doing. We don't have to like what they're doing or, or the things that they do to us, but we still have to love them. We have to pray for them. We have to pray that God would intervene in their life and that Jesus would change them, uh, that they'd come to know Jesus and then that their life would be totally different. And it's really a powerful example. We we have the opportunity to be to people when we love those who don't love us back, when we love those who persecute us and hate us and mistreat us, uh, those who slander us. This really, at the end, it kind of goes back to what was at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, where it kind of was talking about persecution and how they treated the prophets is how they're going to treat you. And it really is cool how Jesus kind of ties this all in with what he started with in the Sermon on the Mount and then what he ends this segment of the sermon with in this chapter where he's talking about you have to love your enemies. And I think that's just really a cool perspective that we get to have here as we develop this heavenward thinking. It's really getting us focused on thinking differently. And part of thinking differently uh, with heavenward thinking is is loving people well and loving people who hate us, loving our enemies. So I think that's really key here in this segment. Uh, what else in this segment really stands out to you? I would say for others that really stand out um, is verse 47. And if you greet only your own people, what are you, uh, are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Um, which I mean, sort of has a similar connotation to it, but at the same time, it's like, are you only greeting the people that you know, who you like? Um, are, are, you, are you ignoring strangers um, just know them just because they might be different from you? Um, so I think there's a, I think, feel like there's a subtle amount of talking about inclusion and being welcoming to other people who may not necessarily be like you or like-minded or, um, have anything in common with you at all. Um, but we're still called to be welcoming them and, uh, to them and generous to them in that way, um, so that we can be a witness to them so that, um, cause you never know who might need a friend to talk to um, that even just a simple, how is your day going or, um, or introducing yourself and saying, um, I'm here if you need anything um, or if you just need somebody to talk to or somebody you recognize around here, like um, you can talk to me about it. Like that could, can go a longer way than you ever think it might. Some very simple words could mean a lot to somebody that doesn't, that might not be as connected as you are. And so that's something that I want to do as I head into my next year of college. I want to be able to going to be a small group leader and I want to be able to sort of some of the freshmen who don't really know as much about the college or know as many people um, and sort of give them a friendly face to see on campus and be like, okay, I know, I know, I know that he's going to help me if I need help um, kind of thing. Um, because now that I know what it's like to be 
a freshman, I want to do the same for others and help them to feel included and them to feel welcome and uh, like they have a place at my school. Absolutely. I think as you're talking through that whole inclusion thing, I think as Christians, we have that opportunity, like you're saying, where we can reach out to people who may be totally different than us, who may share almost nothing in common or maybe nothing at all. We have that opportunity and that challenge as Christians where we're supposed to be spreading the light of Jesus to everybody we come into contact with, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, uh, or anything like that. We have that challenge where we're supposed to be spreading the light of Christ. And hopefully, as viewers have been uh, listening each week, as we've been going through this whole Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and as we continue moving now into chapter 6 next week, uh, hopefully they see that and they see that they have a unique opportunity as Christians to share the light of Christ uh, in a unique way with those around them. So as we wrap this up, I would challenge people uh, to consider all that we've talked about so far on the Sermon on the Mount, on mountainside thoughts, and really pray about how you can uh, uniquely minister to other people. Love those who maybe you don't agree with, maybe you don't like them. Uh, love those who are your enemies, those who persecute you, and, and really be the light of Christ in a unique and profound way to those around you. So I hope you do that this week and pray that you do that. And then join us next week as we start Chapter 6 on Mountainside Thoughts here on Heavenward Thinking.